Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to part two of Valentine's special. I'm Gis Marie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. <laughs> Kristen and Kira and our husbands are still here with us. Yes, they haven't left. Thank God. <laughs> so we're in for more, and this is getting better. So let's just jump right in because we got a lot to discuss, and we notice we talk a lot. So Kristen, go ahead. Tell us where our next question is. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, how do you make really important decisions together? Kelly family. You start. <laughs> I'll start by saying this. One of the things that Kira and I both recognize is the biblical mandate of husbands loving and leading your wives. Mm. And with that, the other thing that we also recognize in the very natural realm of who we are is Kira is much more methodical. Kira is much, she thinks through things in a methodical way that I tend to be much more visionary and thinking big picture. So one of the things that we love to do is we pray through things and then we lean on each other's strengths. So if there's a question that requires a big picture thinking, I try to cast, well, here's how it could look from the big picture. Kira will sit down literally and do pro, con, pro this happened, con that happens. Sometimes, but it's an analysis. Paralysis. Yeah, yeah. I know for a fact she's a list maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. What I would say is I think that we rely on each other's particular gifts and skills around how to make decisions to bring it together. Yes. Yes. And I think I love that you kind of lead us to kind of take our time because it just depends on what the decision is. Sometimes I'm just like, come on, let's just do it. And he's like, oh, hold on the brakes. And then there are other times where you're just like, hey, come on, let's do it. I'm like, hey, hold on the brakes. So I think we've kind of balanced each other out over mm-hmm. the years, just depending on what the whole issue is. Yeah. You know? And if it's a decision where I know that my happiness depends on me saying yes. Yes. Then the answer is yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> he has been trained well. <laughs> Pastor Christian and Jason, what do you think? I love it, guys. I think first I do a very passionate plea uh, for my side to Jisma to try to convince her. Very passionate. And then she says no way, and then I get upset. <laughs> And then I say some things that I'll regret. Are y'all taking notes? This yeah. is awesome. And then I come back and I apologize. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm terrible. And then we actually sit down and have a conversation. We actually, we actually have a joke because he always says, I'm such a jerk. And I come back and I tell him, but you're my jerk. You're my jerk. I guess um, that's nice. I guess. I guess. But um, no, but what we do, honestly, it might start like that sometimes in our home. Because I have a very, we, I married a very strong Hispanic woman and uh, she has strong preferences and so do I. But what I've come to realize is that if I push too hard, which I can at times, she will just shut down. And I got to be very careful because I don't want to get to that point. I want to get my point across, but I don't want her to shut down because then we can't have a conversation. So a lot of times really around once we put the kids to bed and we're in bed is the best time that we can actually say, hey, 
listen, I know I mentioned this at lunchtime and I was strong about it, but I really want to know what you think, how you feel about it. And then she shares her opinion and I have to immediately really value her thoughts because if I don't, if I just dismiss them, you know, she's just going to feel terrible and then she's going to be like, do whatever. And I, <laughs> I hate that answer. Do whatever is I'm going to do it. And then somebody's going to be upset. So, <laughs> but, but what we've learned over the years and what I've learned is just, you know, the decision making has to happen. It only happens when she can share, you know, well, her opinions, her thoughts, her convictions without me shutting them down. Again, I'm very passionate. I'm strong the way I share things. And so she softened me up over the years. I appreciate that. I love that. So now we sit down. I actually can listen a little bit better, <laughs> which is it's still something I'm learning. But I share lovingly. And as long as I share lovingly and ask her opinion lovingly, we can make a decision in a loving way. So, but yeah, my- I share. I share before that I grew up in a, an abusive home, so it was hard for me at the early years to communicate well. And since he's very passionate about anything. Uh, but so are you. Yes. <laughs> I will shut down very easily. And that's something I, I didn't realize until actually later in our marriage when we mm-hmm. actually, you know, came up with real life struggles, you know, and I realized, man, I don't communicate as well as I thought, you know, I thought I was just being shy or polite, but it's just, I just shut down and just, we learn from each other. He has helped me a lot to overcome that. Like there has been situations he's like, I just need you to step it up and just tell me. I'm like, I can't, I feel bad. Well, I'm the type that I appreciate a strong push. So when somebody pushes me strongly. And I'm the type that I get scared from that strong push. So we learn to counterbalance each other Mm -hmm. and we have learned that neither one of those ways kind of help. We got to ground ourselves to the other person and Mm -hmm. just expect the best. Like they're coming with the best intention, even if in that moment it was too strong. But yeah, I love that he is, at least when we have to make strong decisions, he's the one that is strong because I need that. And I want him to be that person. I want him to be strong, especially when a situation in regards of either family side I love that he's the one that doesn't get too emotionally involved because I am. I get emotionally involved very easily as a woman. But he's like, hey, if you need me to go and do it, he's like, I don't mind being the jerk. <laughs> That's why I'm He's I, your jerk. He's, he's your jerk. He's my jerk. That comes in handy sometimes. Yes, yeah. yes. And I love it. I'm like, you know what? I need you. I need you to be that person because emotionally I can't handle it. But we do it together. Like they never think it's because Christian did this. It's actually a decision that come from both of us. So yeah. either it's his family or our family, whatever situation, is something that we both agree, no mm-hmm. matter who's the one delivering the message or yeah. the decision. And I think I would encourage everybody, you know, for all marriages out there, for husbands specifically, sometimes it's easy to make a unilateral decision and just go like, okay, you know what? We're going to go this direction. But that just never really works well. Yeah. Sometimes in emergencies, maybe you have to make that choice. But normally just try to get a consensus between the two and make the decisions together because you're both going to have to live through the decisions together. So Yeah. And wives, I encourage you to, I mean, I know this world is now encouraging a lot of woman power and women be embraced and you can do this. And, and some of those things are good, but to an extent, I mean, I love the fact and, and our church encouraged this. I mean, the men got created the men as the head of the house for a reason. And, in our home, at least in our home, I love the fact that he's the head of the house, that he's the one that encouraged me, you know what, let's pray about it, that he's the one helping me make hard decisions because I want him to be that person. 
we're the moms that if somebody gets hurt, we love being the emotional one and taking care of our little ones. But I need that man in my life. I didn't have good male role models in my life. And I see how difficult that is. And I don't want my kids to grow up without that. Mm-hmm. I want them to grow up with a male figure. And, and when my girls are ready to choose a husband, to choose somebody that is the man of the house. I'm not saying that he's going to overpower me. Do you mean to say that when they choose a husband? <laughs> I thought you said when they shoot their husband. No, no, no. You think she said that? Choose would be better than shoot. Well, you guys will think that, but (laughs) anyhow, now you guys answer now. Well, before we answer, one of the things I'm thinking about while y'all are talking is that you go on this journey of like learning how to communicate, learning what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and how to rally around each other. And I think sometimes young couples throw in the towel too quickly and too easily, and they don't get through some of these hard places to get on the other side of like the joy of like learning how to do this together. And it's not that you get on the other side and then you never have to worry about it again, because (laughs) I mean, we have conflict on the, you know, ready because it's just two centers together, but you do learn some things about each other and you learn to trust each other. But Hey, what about you? Well, I mean, Jesus really hit on it, and I know that everyone at the table, we would all agree that God does have a design for a Christian marriage. And there is a sense in which, you know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that the husband is the head of the wife. So there's a sense in which this husband being the head of a household is not some male chauvinist pig thing. It's not some patriarchal system of oppression. It is actually a design of God. Now, certainly God's design can always be overplayed and abused or misused or misunderstood or misinterpreted or misapplied. And some of you guys in this table, we've all experienced that or observed it ourselves. And so we want to make sure that we don't do that. However, this leadership structure in a home is important, which that means to me is that when we have important decisions to be made, we are partners, Kristen and I are. And so we need to make these decisions together. And Kristen is the wisest and kindest person in my life. She's the person who loves me more than Anyone else on the planet loves me. She loves our children more than anyone else on the planet loves our children. And so if we're going to make an important decision that affects our marriage, that affects our children, I would have to be a fool to make a decision without, as you said, Eric, building consensus Mm -hmm. with her. And that means I need to listen to her because she may have a different opinion that may change what my initial opinion is. She may have some information that I don't personally possess that can change the way I'm seeing something. She could have an instinct or an intuition from the Lord that could change the way that we look at all of this. Or she could just not be ready. The timing might not be right. And so just listening to her. And so we would, you know, we've never made, I don't think, Kristen, any big decisions unless we arrived at consensus. But we'll say, so what does that have to do with God's design for the husband's leadership. Well, what that means is that I do know at the end of the day that I bear greater responsibility for what happens in our family. Mm-hmm. That to me is what being the head of the wife means. You, before God, bear greater responsibility, not sole responsibility, but greater, which means that I know that if we make a decision and I say, well, here's what we're going to, after talking about it and trying to build consensus, this is what we're going to do. I ultimately bear responsibility, whether I give up what my opinion is and yield to her opinion, I'm still responsible if we do what she wanted to do. I'm responsible to do what I want to do. And because of that, I need to be very careful, use a lot of deference, may need to take some more time to talk through it. On the other hand, I also know that because Kristen is committed to this principle, 
if I do, we're talking and together we arrive at this. So once we make the decision, she's going to get on board. Yeah. Once we make the decision, even if I lay down my opinion to say we're going to make a decision in favor of her opinion, if they're different, there's not going to be any I told you so from either one of us. Mm-hmm. Right. We've decided. We decided together. We decided before the Lord and how we're going to go. And to me, that is the most important thing is that leadership doesn't mean you do what you want or you always do it your way. Leadership means you build consensus and listen to wisdom, recognizing the responsibility that I have. And people that are listening, I mean, I'm, keep this in mind. This is not something that just happens from day to night. Like this is because like Kira has said and, and Kristen share, it takes time. This is something that is just taking time and you have been learning through your marriage, through years of experience, of suffering, of together, of like ups and downs. It's just, it has made you learn what helps you communicate better with your spouses. Kristen, you want to jump in on that? Because I, I talk the whole entire time. No, no. I That's think- how we do it. That's how you make it. <laughs> you just talk and don't let her say a word. <laughs> that's how well you know each other. No, that's okay. We'll throw it to Kira and Eric. And we'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk next time. Well, with all of us changing and growing, what are some of the things that you all do as a couple to make sure that you're growing closer together and not apart? Oh, is that me? That's you, girl. Because I haven't been talking. <laughs> what well, are some of the things you do? Well, I mean, I you know, I think we talk a lot about this on the Mom Village, that just being intentional about it. And no matter what season of life we're in, that intentionality doesn't go away. Yeah. So you feel like it is so incredibly crucial to be intentional when you have young children because they just, you know, they're wonderful and blessings and joyful, but they also you know, suck a lot of time and energy. Let's be honest, but I wouldn't have it any other way, but that's true. And so, you know, if we're not careful, we can give our best to our kids and our leftovers to our spouses. And I think that's really a mixed up way to do it. But even moving on as they get older, it's the intentionality is still really important. And so I would think that, you know, being on the same page, talking together, having a weekly staff meeting. We've talked about that, you know, getting on the same page. What are important to me? What are some things that I really enjoy doing? What are some things he really enjoys doing? And figure out how to work those things into the schedule are really important. And honestly, it helps you be a better parent because it communicates to your children that they're not the center of the universe. And, you know, we're all desiring to model these homes that are glorifying to the Lord. And part of that model is being marriage centered. And so when we walk out the door and have a date night, or we put the kids to bed a little early and eat a bowl of ice cream together or carrots, Kira, whatever, 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 whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, but that they see that mom and dad are having time together. And honestly, that's a comfort to them to see that they have a mom and dad that love each other and care about yeah. each other. And our kids have articulated that before, that they like it, that he makes, you know, sassy, cute comments to me when he comes home and, you know, tells me I'm pretty or that, you know, we're going somewhere together. It makes them feel safe and secure and gives them hope that one day they can have a marriage like that, too. What about you? I already talked enough. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, Christian, what you got? Yeah, no, I think for us, I've been identifying as we as we grow older, just identifying when my wife needs time with me. Because, you know, for me, it's simple to, 
Hey, babe, it's so good to see. Oh, man, I love you. Give me a kiss. And I've like, that might be enough or, but for her, she needs time invested together. So we're doing a couple of things. One, well, it can, I mean, we decided Thursday night is going to be our date night. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, finally, happen, only after 16 years, guys. It only took me 16 years, ladies, 16 years. <laughs> but, you want to um, share what you told me at the beginning? When yeah, we were the married? first time when we first year of marriage, a few months into she goes, hey, I want Mondays to be our date night. And I said, oh, Monday nights I hang out with my guys, so mm. I'm not going to be able to. But how about Sunday nights? And we have a few things at church sometimes, but other than that, I didn't start well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just wow. say we have learned and grow. Well, <laughs> that, that, that one point that you earned at the beginning of the yeah, it's, it's gone, it's gone. Wait, it's gone. Wait, um, wait. No, but you know what we're doing? It's as simple as Kristen, you were saying, I might be eating a bowl of carrots or ice cream, <laughs> but like binge watching something on Netflix, yeah. putting the kids mm-hmm. to bed and just being together to going out on a date. You know, I call my parents or friends and just go on a date and I, instead of just going out to eat, something that we've gotten used to now is that for several years, I print out a list of 50 questions oh, to I ask your spouse. I love this. And it makes the date so fun. <laughs> I literally, sometimes I just find it, there are a bunch of websites like that have this stuff. So you can type questions for your spouse or, you know, and- Or um, random questions. Random <laughs> questions. Like some of them are some of them the is wall. like, do you prefer a dinosaur or a giraffe? And you're like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is deep. But they make our date <laughs> nights really fun because we were having date nights that were stale. We were both tired, didn't know what to say. We were just kind of sitting, how was your day? And then we've also gotten into the kind of the routine of every maybe three years, four years, we take a trip together. And so, you know, we went to Mexico. Only him and I. We went to Nashville. We just went to Puerto Rico, you know, and we just take like two to three days and we go. And sometimes we do it. Uh, we're like, oh, we got to do it because it's our 10th year anniversary or we got to do it. But when we get there, we realize yeah. like, wow, we desperately needed this time together. I feel bad for the people that keep our four kids. But other than that, <laughs> uh, we really have a great time when we go away doing that. So that's something that we've been trying to do more consistently. Yeah, it's just it helps us just to take away all that toxic from the daily routine that you have. To, and you don't realize sometimes how the daily routine can make you apart. It's not on purpose. It's just the season in time and, and the struggles and the things that are happening in the world. You know, it just, it piles up on you and you don't realize how heavy it is on you until you actually just move away from all that. And then when we finally, our latest one was to Puerto Rico and when we got there, even though we did other stuff that we needed to do, family related, we got there and we realized, man, it, it was too long. We took too long to do this. Yeah. We were there and we were just having a good time. We're like, we shouldn't take that long again just to have this time because it helps us recharge batteries and kind of like reconnect. Just and then, being together. Yeah. Like, and we came back we and doing. we were ready to love on our children and, and deal with the daily things with the better attitude mm-hmm. and lovingly as mm-hmm. well. And we were thankful and grateful where God had us too. Mm-hmm. We were looking at our work, everything, life, everything that we were doing with different eyes because we were grateful. We were reminded again the blessings of God, just because we took that time just for us to remind ourselves what a blessing it is to be married to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think finding these intimate moments that you share things with each other. And I mean, obviously sex is a huge part of that, but that's not the only part, but you it's have really these little, important. It's very, <laughs> he speaks. Let's not, underestimate. Let's not underestimate. It's very important. It's a huge part of your marriage, but intimacy isn't only about 
sex. It's right. part of what makes sex better is that you have these little moments that are just the two of you. You share these moments and these interests and fun things that you do together that you're only doing with your spouse. You're not mm-hmm. doing that with coworkers. And, you know, you have your thing and it builds the intimacy. But you guys asked the question, Kira and Eric, but what do you think? I think over the years, just like Kristen said, we try to be very intentional with our dating and date night. I'm an easy date, I think. I just want to go somewhere where I don't have to cook. Mm-hmm. I don't have to clean up. Mm-hmm. So, and I love McDonald's, eat. here we come. No. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have cellar restrictions at McDonald's, my friend. Go carrots. And contrary yeah. to what I said earlier, I really love to eat a lot. <laughs> but I think that we really try to make a habit of doing staycations. Sometimes we can't mm-hmm. get away because of schedule, you know, our mm-hmm. kids' sports schedule, so we can't do a seven-day. Mm-hmm. But we can go to Jupiter Resort for mm-hmm. three or four days. Mm-hmm. Or oh, And what we like, try to do is pretend like we're actually... <laughs> we pretend like we don't actually yeah. live here. Yeah. Yeah. So we try to visit restaurants that we don't normally visit or we try to actually see sites that, you know, we wouldn't normally, awesome. you know, go to. Hen, hen Ramos. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just took you on a trip. <laughs> so, yeah, so even if it's like we've done, I mean, just within an hour, Fort Lauderdale, I mean, we've done all mm-hmm. over just to experience something different and through the eyes of being visitors in mm-hmm. these particular places. So even when we can't jump on a plane or get in a car, we just try to do that. And I mean, of course, COVID had kind of shut that down just a bit, yeah. but... We did get away this summer, which was really nice. That's right, Orlando. Yeah, we rented a house. But, and just recently, I was so thankful Eric arranged a date for us. Yes, Yes, he surprised me. (laughs) Made made reservations and everything. Everything. Captain Romance. Took me to my favorite ice cream joint afterwards. That's right. Which is all the way across town, about 45 minutes. (laughs) I forgot not done that. Wow. Wow. I'm happy about me now. No, that's good. No. Yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And the thing that I realized is, you know, Kiri is pretty similar, you know, in terms of going out. She didn't ask a lot. So um, I'd gone to this restaurant and it was really nice. Was, we love outdoor restaurants where we can sit by the water. That'd be nice. So while I was there having a business meeting, I made a reservation that day for us to go. I think it was the next evening yeah. that we went. Yeah, that's right. Told me to throw on some clothes. I tell you, that's right. <laughs> Even if the dress is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dress on the right way. So, Here the first you, episode. But you know why that's so awesome is because he was thinking about you yes. during that business meeting. All this crud was going on and he's like, I need to make a reservation for Kira. And you yeah. were on his mind. Like that is huge for wives. And most of us are pretty simple when it comes to dates if we know our guys have been thinking about us. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Fun fact about Jimmy, he is the best restaurant finder in the history of the world. <laughs> we don't know how he does it, but every time we go somewhere, everybody's like, he's always like, where do you want to eat? We're like, we don't, dad, just pick. Cause we all mess it up big time. We pick <laughs> the worst. And he finds these awesome little places, which I think is super fun. Mm. It is super fun. How about <laughs> how about a more deep question? So what are ways that we can protect our marriage from adultery? And I'm going to put this on the pastor, Jimmy Scroggins. <laughs> well, I think the main thing to do to protect your marriage from adultery is to have a strong marriage mm-hmm. and make sure that you're spending time together, like we've been talking about. Make sure that your intimacy is strong and appropriate and frequent and fun and exciting. But then beyond that, if you're going to go through life, you're going to have to build boundaries around your marriage. You're going to have to create boundaries. Kristen mentioned a moment ago, there just should be some certain things that 
you only share with your spouse, ways of talking, ways of communicating, time that you spend. And the more you protect that and make that the arena of your marriage and you don't let anyone else cross over those boundaries, then the better your marriage is going to be. At our church, in our church staff, we have what's called the Staff Ten Commandments, where we talk about appropriate, you know, basically if you're married, you're not supposed to be in a car alone with someone of the opposite sex that you're not related to. You're not supposed to be in a home alone. You're not supposed to be in the office uh, after hours. All of those kinds of things in order to try to draw some lines to protect our team from temptation. And what we find is that where you draw your boundary lines, there's where the arena of temptation is. So we want to make sure the boundary lines are far away from adultery. And I think the other part is just to remember that no one is strong enough to just stand on their own. The Bible even says, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. And a former pastor of our church, Keith Thomas, used to say, every one of us is one step away from stupid. Mm -hmm. And as long as we remember that, then we're vigilant about our boundaries and we're vigilant about keeping the fire burning at home, then that gives us the best chance, I think. I have a mentor in my life that describes it like this. She says, you know, it's our job equally as husband and wife to keep the blinds closed in our house. In other words, like we don't open the blinds and let people think that they have even a smidgen of a hint of a way to get in. Mm -hmm. So by the way we talk about our spouses to other people, by the way we interact with each other, by the, you know, the way that we do keep guarded our time and our affections it keeps those blinds closed so that other people that might think that there's an interest that, it, that it's just completely shut tight. And I thought that was such a great picture of, and it's both have to do it. And, you know, there's no, you know, even Jimmy has, you know, things that you even instruct your staff, like not to say, you know, like a way to think about each other is more like a, like a brother or sister, not, you know, the terms like work wife and work husband that, you know, don't throw. You don't say that at family church. No, we don't throw that around because it really, it, first of all, it, it minimizes marriage. Like, my marriage is so much deeper than any, hopefully, than anything else going on at work. And it, it just sends the wrong signals. And so I think that the idea of shutting those blinds and keeping the intimate things in house is really important. Yeah. And I think like in the day of social media, when there's just so mm-hmm. much going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. like Eric and I are very open about like, I do have like that one little Instagram account, but like even with where our phones are located, where we plug in our phones, mm-hmm. the accessibility, like he's totally not on social media. I have a flip phone. Just <laughs> for those who listen, I, I literally have a flip phone. So <laughs> no Wi-Fi going on there. So I think that we've, even with like his iPad, I mean, I get like accessibility to all of his emails, whether they be, are his work emails, which I probably get way too much of. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when he makes a date on his calendar, you know, I get a notification about it. So we've been very open in that way, because I know that is some ways that, you know, a lot of couples kind of struggle because mm-hmm. of all the accessibility that either the husband or the wife have, or the exclusivity that they have outside of their marriage to yes. these all these other accounts and things and communication that's going on with, you know, people could be anywhere around the world. So yeah. I think we've been very fortunate and just very intentional about creating those safeguards around at least like that social media type things. And on that note around the social media, and one of the reasons that I went to a flip phone and like even on my iPad and some of my other technology is, you know, I don't have internet access. And part of it is because I, you know, early on, I knew the areas where I really needed to lock down or to keep the blinds closed. And 
zero access for me at a point in my life was really important. And I just learned that way of being. And so I continued it. And I started saying something to myself, you know, holiness is not always convenient. And it really is inconvenient when I have to look at something, you know, in the evening and I don't have internet on my iPad. I'll say, hey, Kira, I'm going to email you something. I need your device so that I can look at it, you know, or something like that. I just, I always want to make sure that my wife knows every single detail of any outside of our home because social media and the internet is really the way by which things can happen outside of the marriage. It's not as protected in, you know, as being in the home. So that is an area where we have really tried to lock down and have locked down. Yeah. And I love how you said, Kira, because in this world and social media, you're just a glimpse away, like Pastor Jimmy was saying, from being dumb. And mm-hmm. it's not like you were intentionally trying to do it, but it just takes one look and that's it. One thing that I love that we do is like, we know, like you guys said, we know each other's passwords. We know each other's accounts. Actually, for all of you that follow my husband, Newsflash, he never <laughs> posts anything. It's me. So if you thought it was him. She's my PR. I'm the PR. Yeah. You're really encouraged by something he said. You're welcome. Um, it was actually me. I literally just shared with him and he's like, hey, I need to post something just to help, you know, this event is happening. I'm like, sure. And I'll just find a picture and I'm like, hey, caption this. And I'm actually the one doing everything because he knows, like you said, Eric, you know, he's like, that's a territory that is very dangerous. So I want to guard myself. And something that he does that I always love is like, he always tells me and no matter what situation or any conversation, he's like, hey, but remember, I want you to know that I will always be faithful to you. And my desire is to love you and respect you until the day I die. And I just love that because it's not only doing it in action, but the fact, like Kristen was saying, that verbally he's saying it, that he's thinking about me all the time, that I can trust his eyes. That's huge for a woman. You know, one of the things we had an interim pastor for a while, right before Jimmy came as the lead pastor here, his name was Bob Barnes. And one day he said, you know, you need to make sure that your spouse trusts your eyes. And I remember she was sitting next to me. We were recently married and she looked at me and she goes, I trust your eyes. You know, like with all like a simple, she completely fully trusted me. And I was thinking like, I don't even trust my own eyes. What are you talking about? But, but I started, I saw her, you know, with that innocence looking at me saying, I trust your eyes. And I thought, man. God, this is a pretty high calling. It's difficult for a guy because everything begins for a guy. Just it's a battle with your thoughts. It's a battle with the mind, you know, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we got to be, that's what the word says. So we got to be in the word of God. We got to be fighting this battle. Like Jimmy, you said, not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, man. It's a constant battle. And I would say there are moments in my life where I say, God, I can't wait until heaven where this battle in my mind is no longer going on. But what I do know is that I love my wife so much. When she said that day, I trust your eyes. I made it my very important and number one goal that she would always feel like that and that that would always be the truth. So from social media, if I end up posting something, it's about my wife and my children. It's a deterrent, right? Because if somebody wants to write something to me, hey, I'm happily married. You're closing your blinds. Absolutely, closing the blinds. If I'm going to give a hug, you know, to a lady, it's a side hug and far away. I'm not giving a frontal hug to anybody. So, ladies, don't come to me with that. And it's hard for him because he's tall. Yes. He always bends down. So, So just all these things, all these guardrails, 
sales that Jimmy, like you said, that we put in our lives. But at the end of the day, I want my wife to be always be able to say, I trust your eyes. And I work really hard at that. And it all starts for me with my mind and my mind. And so I'm asking constantly the Lord to be the one that takes over my thoughts. And um, we don't want to want to close without asking, because I know, ladies, you asked this question a couple of times. So I know we're kind of over a little bit. But we got to ask, yeah. how do you handle your finances? So we got Ooh. this question like, like to go five to times. <laughs> <laughs> five times, guys. I know this is going to yeah, be hard to answer really quick, but I got to ask because we got it repeatedly. So let's start with... Please don't start with me. No, no. Okay. So Ramos, you want to you start? Yeah, yeah okay. I'm ready. Okay. He's over. Okay. Well, one thing that you do is that you, in many ways, you kind of trust me with the finances of our home. So I appreciate that. But I always want to make sure that you're aware of what's happening. So yeah. I always, whenever we have major purchases to make, we sit down, we come up with a budget. I kind of present something to you. It's almost like I'm presenting it to the CEO of the company. <laughs> what do you think of this plan? Let's see if there's approval. Uh, but, but what we do is that for major purchases, we would sit down and talk about it. if there's an issue where we're trying to save more money for a vacation or something, I let's right. We say, Hey, how much I think we're going to spend this much. Let's start putting this money aside. And Jesus was not a big spender. So I yeah. usually don't have a problem with that. So, but if we do have a season where something is difficult and we might need to tighten down, you know, tighten our budget, I just basically, I sat down with her and this is not a long conversation. This is like, Hey, this is how much we have in the bank account. Our next paycheck comes here. We're trying to save this amount of money. How about we try to not make these purchases that might be a constant thing for us? And, and let's just say this also so you're, you understand, listeners. So we do have an account together. So none of us has one account or the other. Mm -hmm. We both have That's a That's true for all account. of us, right? Yeah. So yeah. we all share all we the all money. We don't have separate money. stuff. Now, right. now, I have a business. It's a photography business. So I remember I had to open one just because there was a lot of purchases. Then my husband said, wait a second, what is that rental again? <laughs> what are you getting that from? What are you getting <laughs> that from? The budget. So I had to get one for my business so we can separate what is the home income from the business income. And he has full access to that. Mm -hmm. He knows the password. He has full access to that. I even offer him to have a card, but he said, no, he's like, no, I, like, I don't need another I don't want to confuse the card. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to confuse the card. It's not like it has a lot anyway. Yeah. But you guys need to know, we do have the same account and everything that he does, I see mm -hmm. and everything I do, he sees, and I'm okay with that. And I want it like that because we're accountable to each other that way. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kristen? Well, let's start positive, okay? So <laughs> um, one of the things that Jimmy and I have always been on the same page about as far as finances are concerned is our giving. So we decided, you know, the Lord blessed us in that when we were young, we learned how to tithe. And that was really important to our parents and it became important to us. And so when we were first married and were making beans, we tithed. And now that, you know, we are a little further along in life and, you know, we make more money than we did 26 years ago. Thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> we still, we tithe and, you know, give an offering. And so we are united in that way. And I think that's really big yeah. because yeah. that's really the foundation of thinking about finances, right? We have a saying at family church that we 
teach our people to give, save, and live on the rest. So generosity is important, and I think it's important to both of us. The problem is, you know, I would say, so here we go. So I, we don't have time to talk about all of our problems. But, but just real briefly, so Jimmy depends on me to pay the bills, but he knows everything that's going on. We kind of have a deal. Like he does all the like insurance, taxes, all that stuff, and then I just do the day-to-day. And so when we are doing it right, because I'll say, gosh, I feel like it's always no. Like, you know, can we do this? No. Can we, where's that coming out of? I'm like, can we just live a little? Can we just, can we just go to Disney World and not worry about the budget? No. You know, and he's right. Because what I have figured out is when I do my part to keep on budget, to stay on track, then he feels so free for us to do special things or for us to give a little more to someone that's in need or for us to, you know, send something to the grandchildren. He doesn't want to be the no guy, but if I'm always the yes guy without any restraint, then somebody has got to be the no guy, right? Or we're all going to jail because we can't pay our bills. And so I'm having to learn. He is a generous spirit, but we have to be wise with our money so that we can be generous. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And so I have my little notebook. I do it old school and I'm like writing down gas. And, you know, I mean, if somebody that was y'all's age, G Smith, all this, they would be mortified because <laughs> they want me to get an Excel or Look, something. Guys, it's a handwritten Excel sheet is what it is. <laughs> what it the is. problem is with a handwritten Excel sheet, you got to keep making another one. <laughs> It's true. But but then we're like, oh, gosh, look, and, you know, I'm so proud of you, Kristen, because you didn't overspend. And then we have the freedom to do some things for other people, because really that's what, you know, God owns all of it. And so when we squander it um, because we're not wise, that's really that's really not what God has for us to do. Well, ladies, that's all the time we have. No, 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 no. This is you an extended it. episode. Go for it. No, I'm well, I. Well, Kira, no, seriously, <laughs> like Kristen, yeah, Kira, I did, I did, Kira I takes care of the day-to-day. The you make it, pay. I spend it. <laughs> yeah. In the right Match. places for the right, in the right, in the right places. places. No, yes. but we, you know, Kira takes care of the, the day-to-day, making yeah. sure we're living on budget, that we're saving. We actually had a conversation with Al the yesterday. other day. Was that yesterday? yesterday? Yes. And, you know, we want to start thinking about things for our future. Mm-hmm. You know, when the children are gone. So I asked, I said, hey, listen, how much do we have in this account? Because we're ready to start making, you know, some decisions post you know, winding down retirement. But Kira has always managed our day-to-day affairs. I want to go back to what G. Smith said, one account. Mm -hmm. One account. If you're listening and you and your husband, uh, your husband, because I have guys who listen to this, by the way, Mom Village, I know guys who listen. So come on, guys. So guys, if it's you listening, one account, work toward that. So how do you handle your finances? If you have multiple accounts and you pay out of different accounts, work toward one account. Find the person in the marriage that is better with just dealing with the day-to-day. Yeah. Then, Christian, you said it's you and your yeah. household. Mm-hmm. Kristen, it's you and yours. It's Kira in our household. But we make all the financial decisions together. Yeah. And Kira still goes old school. I right? do. You I'm do? pencil paper. Kira, yeah. Kira's pencil He's paper. He's been trying to convert me. I've been trying. I have all He's these fancy. I'm falling all the way. He's uh, digital. He's digital. But, I can't do it. But I would say, you know, if, if there's a couple of takeaways, you know, move toward the one account. Find the one in the family that can really handle the day-to-day and have a philosophy about money. And yeah. it goes back to uh, what we said, or what Kristen said earlier, you know, we give, we tithe, yeah. yes. you know, and then that's where we began in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And then allowing your children to see that because yeah. we have a couple work, well, one, really, one working yeah. child. Well, all of them work. I mean, we, all, we, yeah, they all earn and whatever they earn, even if it's not a, a real job, they are 
we're saying required to tithe, but we've taught them by yeah. example. It's a discipline that yes. you teach your yes. children. And, yeah. and now that our kids are older, like I have them sit next to me and they watch me hear this audience. I write checks sometimes. Yeah. When I have to write a check or even as they've gotten older, you know, I let them see, you know, this is how much the electricity bill is here. Just kind of trying to, you know, instruct them on this is what it costs, the cost of living for us to live in our home and to drive our cars. And so along with that, that's been something that I've tried to implement with our kids. Well, I like that you said that because we grew up not like our parents, I don't know if it was their generation or because we they were in a lot of need at that time. You know, we grew up very, very poor, but they didn't teach us how to save. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach us how to manage money and everything. So we struggle at, at the beginning, try to figure out what was the best. So I'll encourage you, if you're listening, just try to go to your church. You know, we had great people here in our church. That's why we were mm-hmm. great mentors that helped us how to handle our finances mm-hmm. in our church we have classes for that right pastor oh, Jimmy? Yeah. so that's a blessing and it's free and yeah. it's free and that's going to help your marriage a lot because yeah. mm-hmm. it's not going to put guilt on anybody it's not anybody's fault you can start with a couple of things that we said like one account but if you have questions if you have decisions you know go to your local church i'm pretty sure somebody if they don't have a class or a lesson somebody that is more experienced that can help you so that's all we have until today but we have one more thing. Tell me. No, no. no, no. Yes. I just didn't let him say a word about money. And oh, please. Don't worry about it, guys. I just do whatever she says. <laughs> <laughs> you sitting around this table know that's okay. not right. You're not going to say anything? You're, you can't. He's good. All He's right. good. Well, ladies, can we just say thank you to our husbands? Come yes. on. Thank thank you. Yes. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> So if we fun. need a proof of love, today has been that proof yes. of love for coming to the Mom Village. <laughs> sure. so thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Mom Village, and we're going to sign out with our husbands. Ready? One, two, three. Bye. Bye.